Hello and welcome to the Small Business School. My name is Craig Staley, 20-year retail veteran, e-commerce practitioner, and entrepreneur. Each week, I will interview a new small business owner that we can learn from to take our businesses to the next level. Now, let's go. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Small Business School. Before I introduce my guests today, I would like to let you know about something I'm really excited about. I just started a private Facebook group for the Small Business School listeners. We each have different talents and perspectives that are going to make this community thrive. This will be a community of positive people who want to succeed and help others do the same. If that sounds like you, head over to Facebook and search the Small Business School under Groups. I look forward to seeing you there. All right, time to get to the show. My guests today are Kathy Thayer and Jacob Whalen, owners of Fabric Bash, a fabric and quilting store in Omaha, Nebraska. They have some great advice for anyone thinking about going into business with family. They also tell a story about how their dream of owning a business almost didn't happen due to the government shutdown in 2019. A lot of great value in today's interview for small business owners, including great marketing tips. So let's get right to the conversation. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to the Small Business School. This is Craig Staley. Today, I have Jake and Kathy with me from Fabric Bash Quilting Store in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Jake. Hey, Kathy. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you, Craig? Doing great. Maybe we could start out. You could each give a little of your background to the listeners. Go for it, Kathy. (laughs) Okay. So I am the mother of eight children and Jake is married to my third. So let me see. We military moved around a bunch, landed here, was working. I've always like sewn and been kind of a crafty kind of person as a, as an outlet and getting together with groups of people whenever we moved kind of thing. Got here, settled down quite a bit for the first time in our lives. Was working at a job. I needed to get home. I fell in love with this quilting thing because of a situation of kind of a personal situation here. Fell in love with this quilting thing so much that I convinced my husband for to allow me to go all the way to the Western Nebraska, pick up a long arm, bring it home and put it in my basement. So that's no small feat being a 10 foot long machine. (laughs) Was in love with it. Loved getting up every day. But I started missing the whole interaction with people because I love to chitty chat. I love to interact with with people. And then Jake, at that time, going through three girls getting married. Jake was the third in line to get married. Halfway joking, he talked about open a business that he can talk about. And I said, hey, you should do machine repair with me. This would be awesome. (laughs) And lo and behold, a store came for sale. Quietly talked to the owner. And I'm like, this is a real possibility. The four of us sat down. And on June 29th, 2019, we... Actually, it was on the 20th. Yeah, 29th, we signed the papers. The 30th, we opened up our doors. Awesome. Hopefully, all three of those weddings weren't the same year. Uh, They were pretty darn close. It was uh, October of (laughs) 15, April of 16, and May of 17. That's that's a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) Few first communions, few confirmations in there. (laughs) There's a graduation, too, the night before Anna and Jake got married. Wow. So, Jake, how about a little bit about your background? So, I've lived in Lincoln, Nebraska pretty much my whole life until about a year ago. Went to Bias High School there. So, I have not moved around as much as Kathy. So, 
went to Pius High School. After that, went to Southeast Community College to get an electronics systems technology degree. With that, I worked at electronic contracting company doing some low voltage systems for commercial businesses, mainly Bryan Hospital in Lincoln, Nebraska, doing fire alarm, uh, nurse call and intercom. And as Kathy had stated, while I was working there, one of my friends was working with her dad who does electrical work for residential homes. And they would always run into this older gentleman doing security systems. And so she said, hey, give this guy a call. I think he's looking to retire because he was about 70, I think, at the time. So I gave him a call, met with him, talked about taking over his business. He was doing pretty good. At the time, I was about to get married. So I thought it probably wasn't a good time with all that stuff (laughs) going on and kind of not knowing financial situation, I guess. So he was a really nice guy. I said, well, go first and foremost, go get married, go get settled down and then talk to me. And I think two, two and a half years went by and I was just still doing my thing at electronic contracting company. I started thinking, man, I wonder if he's still uh, doing that because, you know, by now he's mm-hmm. 72, 73, you know, <laughs> I would probably be retired too. Yeah. So I thought about calling him again. I'd mentioned that to Kathy and that's when she was joking because she's the very outgoing person and being stuck in her basement quilting with no windows was joking about wanting a storefront and saying, hey, you'll, you can be my uh, machine repairman and all that stuff. And lo and behold, that's uh, what happened. So I guess I've always kind of, I wanted to kind of own my, my own business. And I guess I do now. So so did you ever dream that you'd own your own business with your mother-in-law? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't necessarily in the, in the plans. No, but that makes us unique, so... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so talk about how you guys got the business started. You bought it from a couple that had a successful business. And what was next? How to make it better. <laughs> how, to make mm-hmm. better. how to make it ours, I guess. No, I wouldn't say better because I really feel they had a really good model with something that's very unique in Omaha. We're the only ones that have these long arms for rent. And um, that's a big investment. Those machines are a $30,000 machine or even twenty to $30,000 a piece, right? And so that their, their model, their business model is phenomenal. And so we kind of had that as a already established business, which was amazing. But we wanted to make it our own. And so Jake said, found, found a like of embroidery. We kind of went off a little bit with that. That's a whole nother tangent. But then we added a lot more fabric and we were instantly like, how can we remodel, make this our own, get more fabric in this this space that we have. And how can we Mm -hmm. grow our business? Because part of this is not, we have, you know, Jake and Anna took a big, big leap. I mean, Doug and I did too. I mean, we're kind of, I mean, all four of us, but those, I mean, Jake left a really good job and they were having a baby and oh my gosh. I mean, we have to make Mm -hmm. a living. We have to make a living at this. So how can we expand and how can we make this business grow? And I don't think we will ever stop that because it's a constant everyday kind of thing. You walk into that store. What are we going to do today? What's going to be the challenge for the day to make it better and to grow? Mm -hmm. So they had the long arms already there and you guys increased the fabric selection, it sounds like. Yes. Mm -hmm. And did you do you feel like you retained a lot of the customers that they had and, and then were able to grow it from there? I would say so. Yeah, that's great. 
Right. And I think we've been also very good for networking and doing some different things and getting involved with some other quilt shops in all of Nebraska and um, some, some, some things like that. I mean, we're in a shop hop and kind of expanding some different things that some opportunities came along and we're willing to try. So talk a little bit about your typical customer that walks through your door. I mean, in, in my head, I hear quilting and I my first assumption is you have a bunch of 75-year-old ladies, 80-year-old <laughs> ladies quilting quilting in there, but I think you're probably going to surprise me. Yeah, we probably will surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually pretty amazing the number of men that walk into our store. Yes. Well, first of all, there it is, I would say, predominantly... Mm-hmm. women but i wouldn't say necessarily 75 mm-hmm. i would say from 50 I, I mean if you probably took an average age we would probably be closer to 50 but there's some younger ones that come in we like to highlight youngers for sure i just love their enthusiasm and their creativity and their openness not to say that older ladies sure. are not it's just they're i don't know maybe that's just where we we are all at that that at that age right it's just the uh with that age group is i guess to kind of break what everyone thinks quilting is all Mm -hmm. about so that's one reason we kind of highlighted because it's not just in a you know an old lady thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so we have young people we've got quite a few men that that quilt which is really awesome how do you think some of these younger people are getting into quilting well covid sure helps yeah (laughs) looking for something to do Right. Gardening and quilting. I just think this long arm has a new medium of sewing that offers some different opportunities and different creative values. And also like the embroidery is some of these machines being obviously accessible more in the home offers opportunities. I would say probably pick it up from their mom or grandma as Mm -hmm. well. Just kind of either helping them do something, you know, put quilt together with their mom or their grandma, and then they kind of take a liking to it as well. I would say that probably. Do you see them doing kind of the traditional project that that I would assume like a a normal quilt for a bed? Or are they doing other types of projects that that maybe listeners might not know exist in the quilting world? I would say yes, they are doing a lot of the piecing of a quilt, kind of like a more traditional blanket ish kind of thing we wish that's a bad word word in the quilting world but i do feel like we have a lot of wall art the you know things that are going up on walls you have purses you have gadgets you know little things like plate you know obviously placemats and table stuff and all kinds of Mm -hmm. different stuff now i think is um, even (laughs) yeah wow i mean one of our customers he did not start quilting until he was 78 he's 80 and he comes in He's fun to have around, that's for sure. <laughs> Probably a regular. <laughs> yes. Well, and actually, we're getting ready to start a men's group, just guys coming in and having just like no ladies around kind of thing. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> that's cool. I would, okay, you surprised me. I would not have expected any of that, probably. <laughs> so obviously, we have a mother in law and son in law that are owning a business together. Maybe give some advice to other people that are thinking about going into business with family. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? Bring your patience, pants on. Put your <laughs> pants on. <laughs> yeah. I guess keep it fun. I mean, Kathy and I give each other a lot of crap. I don't know if that's a good word to say, yeah. but it, we do. It, it makes it fun, I guess. And yeah, just patience. Yeah, patience is probably a good word. 
I mean, I can't explain. It's just because I'm one of those people. I'm a jackrabbit. I want to have everything right then and now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I get disappointed very quickly if things don't go the right way. I get very it's it's finding your strengths within each other and working with those. Like Mm -hmm. I know certain things in the store. I start getting flustered. I look at Jake. I'm like, I'm out. I'm tapping out. Tapping out as you and vice versa kind of thing. There's certain areas I work more with the ladies on the long arms. He goes back and sometimes if we, I mean, rarely back there, but he's really good up front. When I lose things, he's great. Things like that. He so tends to lose I, things quite often. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> See, no, um, I think just finding those strengths and willing to work with those. And, and I love being pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's great. So what tools would you say you found helpful in your business? Okay. Facebook is good. Facebook is amazing. I would say that's our go-to right now. Yeah. Facebook's the number one. Talk about what you're doing on Facebook. Well, we post. Jake loves to go live all the time. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it might be more of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I make them because everybody, it's kind of fun. We like to do fun things. Like when ESPN was here, we kind of played off of that. And he was being a the, the uh, ESPN announcer. And I'm in the background with bolts of empty bolts writing with writing on them, like the big signs and stuff, right? <laughs> COVID hit. We started just doing this one of our events is once a month is called bash therapy where we have folks come in, they see what's new. They get a free, they, for $5, they get a pattern. They get, if they show their work, they get the fat quarter. If they show their work with 50% of their item made with fabric in our store, they get a $10 off 20 yards of fabric or $20 of fabric. And all of a sudden, then we did one of those and then COVID hit. So we had to go live with that. So we're doing a lot more some sales online, trying to be funny. Like the first one we did, we started off with the song Staying Alive. <laughs> we tried to have fun and make it entertaining. Um, we've learned a lot on how to slow down because I think Facebook on this live thing, you need to learn how to slow down a little bit more because it's not as dimensional as obviously in store. So do you guys do paid advertising through Facebook or is it mostly organic? Both. Yeah. There's a ton of, I mean, Facebook, (laughs) Pinterest. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many things that you can utilize to basically get more engagements, impressions. The more that you get of that, the more people know about you, the more Mm -hmm. you will grow. So just utilizing. I mean, there's so like just finding those things and actually doing them. I mean, helps a ton, like Google my business, putting new photos up, making sure if someone leaves a review, commenting on that, you know, saying thanks and, and all that stuff. It all kind of adds up as well as like a good website. It's kind of interesting how it all works together. We just recently tapped into Waze which is kind of interesting. I never thought Waze would be like an Omaha thing. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're doing Waze. It definitely so that's surprised cool. us. <laughs> Maybe explain for some people who don't know what Waze is, what it is and, and what you guys are doing. Okay. So Kathy's understanding of Waze <laughs> is it helps me get from A to B with little pops ups. And then, then 
people interact with it and tell you where there's like speed traps or accidents. And then that popping up can be businesses so I can advertise. And as you're going by my place, boom, comes up a little fabric bash pinpoint and they can click on it to find out what it's about. Have you guys been able to measure that in any way or have you noticed any difference since you've started advertising on Waze? It'll give us a report of like them, the amount of people that looked mm-hmm. um, at your business. And it was really surprising, actually. I didn't know there was, they call them Wazers. I didn't know there was so many Wazers that actually use Waze instead of like Google Maps. Because mm-hmm. I think Google bought Waze, you know, six months ago or a year ago. But it's pretty crazy, like the amount of people that actually do see your business. And I think the reason is, is not many businesses are doing it. That's awesome. Good for you guys to figure that out. We actually have somebody who has helped us. We are not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you for finding someone to help you figure that out. <laughs> what would you say so far in your business has been the biggest challenge? And what did you do to overcome that challenge? Hmm. I have an idea that Kathy maybe can elaborate on it. Okay. I would say just getting the loan to purchase our business. We had quite a few obstacles because it was during the government shutdown. So that made it, (laughs) that made it super fun. (laughs) Um, But we ended up getting it. I don't know. The, the point on that, even I had to go get the last minute, like the 20, the, you know, the 25th hour before we're getting the sign on this. I had to get my brother to help us with this and he needed to do a notary, but he was at some boot camp in, where was it? In, was it in Utah somewhere? No, it was in Arizona, wasn't it? Sorry with a P, I think. Pahrump? Oh, man. Pahrump, Nevada. Nevada That's yeah. right. <laughs> and I'm trying to call around the last minute while I'm making dinner to see if I can get, find a notary to go to his hotel to get like, th- that sounds awful. But <laughs> she goes, Oh yeah, we do that. And it's only a $20 fee. And I'm like, are you? <laughs> so we got that, the, 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 you know, the 11th hour, we got that signed. That was a hurdle. I would say I think on owning a business, it's just like, that is a big hurdle. We did overcome it. We've got a great relationship with Union Bank, which then in turn helped us when COVID hit, because that's, I think, a part of that whole PPP, Nebraska, how well Nebraska did. And I'm just kudos to Union Bank for establishing that good relationship and really being able to listen to that. I'm really working hard to get this loan. Yeah, Union Bank is... The only reason we kind of went to Union Bank is I've had Union Bank since my parents started an account with me when I lived in Lincoln. And I've never, Mm -hmm. they've been great. Never had problems with them. So we kind of had to change routes with the government shutdown because we couldn't get, what do they call those? SBA SBAs. So we had to switch to getting just like a conventional. So I mentioned Union Bank to Kathy and then she made the calls and ended up working out. Mm -hmm. Nothing like your most challenging time starting right at the beginning. (laughs) Well, I guess, but you know what? We persevered and we made it. I mean, we're willing to be flexible and do what it takes to get this, get the job done, basically. That's awesome. So uh, on the more positive note, what would you say has been the best moment so far in the history of your business? Wow. (laughs) We thought about these. We talked about these questions so long ago. I would just have to say that I mean, there's so many different things, whether you talk about my 
I think finding the, I'm in awe of this community that we're a part of, that we get to be a part of, because when this COVID hit and we're going to start the masks, I said, you know, we need to be ready, have everything lined up because the moment I put out on Facebook that I need these masks donated, I'm going to have in an hour 10 at my door because these people who sew and who do this are amazing people. So being a part of that community has been really kind of cool and really inspiring and beautiful to see how they help each other. Granted, there's lots of gossip, but there's lots of good things. <laughs> They're very giving. Quilters are very giving. It's really cool. So you're, you're mentioning some of these masks. It's, it's June 4th. You know, we're, we've been in COVID for what seems like two years now, but it's probably been, what, four, three or four months now. Talk a little bit about these masks. You said you were doing a lot of mask sewing. Yeah, so there I'm not in the dark anymore. <laughs> so as far as masks, we kind of partnered with there's a Facebook group, Million Masks of Nebraska, which is more for private practices and stuff to request masks mm-hmm. for their businesses and it's all donated. So you we put that out there, they put that out there on their Facebook. We've probably had what, six, seven thousand masks, eight thousand masks. I'm thinking almost 10. Well, yeah, there's been quite a few. The million masks has got quite a bit. I mean, I think come through our store at least. Yeah, at least, yes. 6,000. And then wow. million masks tells us, hey, these people need this many. We we bag it for them and then they'll come and pick them up. So that's been pretty crazy. The amount of masks that have come in that through that. So are your customers making them and then you're like a drop-off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Then just the whole industry has done... Okay, with this, considering that people, like I said earlier, had time to learn something. So sewing has picked Mm -hmm. up. I know gardening has picked up. So it's been kind of fun to watch people come in and that are making masks and really getting into really picking out their fabric and picking out fun stuff and Mm -hmm. personal. And I know this person would like this. And and it's been kind of fun that way. I think you were telling me beforehand, Jake, that you're even sold out of some of your, your sewing machine models because people are taking up yeah sewing. they're either taking up sewing or they're you know maybe didn't have one in the house so now's i mean now's the excuse to get maybe get one in the house for doing some repair work on some clothes but more for probably making masks for right now for their family and for themselves and possibly for donation but no one i mean no one expected there to be a sewing machine shortage it's pretty crazy uh the lower end machines uh, we're sold out of, like I said, not getting them till late July, early August. Even the big box stores are out of machines. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So like going back to March or so when things really picked up with the, the virus, did you guys, were you guys really worried? Did you foresee that, oh, wait, this might be a, a reason that our, our business will get busier? Or were you kind of blindsided by the, the busyness? I would say we were kind of blindsided. I mean, yeah, you just hear about other businesses and what they're going through. And, you know, why would it be any mm-hmm. different for us? Hoping not having to shut down, you know, our governor did a really good job, I think, handling everything to where we didn't have to fully shut down, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I would say blindsided for sure. Yeah, because even early on, I don't think anyone was, you know, we were told not to wear masks and that didn't become a thing until at least a few weeks maybe a month yeah. then. when we first, and when we first started masks that mask the million masks for nebraska are to help our medical personnel because there was not enough mm-hmm. to eat around to help right 
that's mm-hmm. what that really at first it was to start to help everybody now it's turning into a different thing no we were i was fearful like we were we basically looked at each other and said we're not getting paid yeah so, you know family run business we're like we're not getting paid we looked at our one employee at the time and said are you okay with us holding off for a little while and he's like um yes and then i immediately applied for ppp sat down and did as much as i could with all of that and mm-hmm. it's just it's um kind of set some pretty small goals like expecting it to be slow hey we need to try and do at least this much every day to just basically pay the bills that's mm-hmm. and sure that's not not payroll obviously but just paying bills keeping the lights on mm-hmm. hopefully not having to shut our doors yeah. batten down the hatches and try to make yeah. it through it and it turned out to yeah. be the exact opposite so we're very fortunate <laughs> right and once again having that conversation with our bank having the conversation with people making sure that we're we're um, transparent where we're mm-hmm. Who do you guys, each of you can answer this. Who do, who do you consider a mentor in your life? And what would you say is the most important lesson that they've taught you? Mm. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, once again, this, I think, is a God thing that has been, there's been so many people that help. Obviously, the, our, Craig, the one person that you and I have together, Sheila, she has been amazing. Mm-hmm. The one that I would say that has really helped me a lot, because I can have a bounce off a lot of ideas. Her name is Ellen Patton. She used to own a store in Florida. Lo and behold, she was in her store for the first time and because of her group came in and we're talking and all of a sudden I said something about Duchenne and our, we started making the connecting the dots and my first daughter and her daughter swam together at Duchenne. We sat at the pool deck together years ago and back in six and it's like, man, that's crazy. So this connection was there. She's been super awesome because I can ask all of these questions, she's been there, she has done it. And so that's been good on, I think on the fabric end of the business. That's great to have. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jake? Do you have a an idea? I was going to say Mario, probably more than Norm, but hopefully more Norm here soon. But anyways, Mario works for Janome. He's their service tech, if you will. Pretty much any, mm-hmm. anybody that calls for service help, that's a dealer for Janome goes through him. So when I went back to training, I went uh, twice now to training at Janome America in Mawa, New Jersey. It was really fun to, cause I, I called him before I went to training to be certified with Janome. It was really fun to put a face to the name for him mm-hmm. and turned out we, we got along pretty well. So anytime I call him now, we, kind of give crap to each other and super nice guy. So I'd say him. And then Norm would be, he's got a sewing machine repair business in I think North Carolina, North or South Carolina. How did you hook up with him? So before we got into the business, we were trying to figure out how I could learn, (laughs) I guess, repair before I just kind of jumped into it. So Norm yeah. has a DVD out there that he put together. So we had purchased that. But along with that, which is pretty cool, is if you have any questions later on, you can just give him a call. He's a really busy man. So most likely you'll have to leave a message, but he does give you a call back. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. Has been doing this for 35 years, I think. Something like that. Really well known in the industry. Does a lot of talks and classes at 
VDTA, which is or VDTA and SDTA. It's a convention in Las Vegas every year. So I've called him a few times and he's helped me through some stuff. So they're good. Awesome to have those those two guys, those two resources to be able to lean on. They're good contacts. <laughs> right. And there's actually one more person now that we're sitting there thinking about it. My brain gets just calmed down a little bit. Um, Angela Clark from APQS. Oh, yes. Phenomenal. Her and her husband, we met at um, the quilt market and hung out with them. Oh my gosh. I love Angela. She's like, she's just great. She loves it on the APQS on the big machine side is just, she's brilliant. Brilliant. And then also I think the ladies at APQS and then the maintenance department for you, Jake, cause those ladies are rock stars. Yeah. So there's, there's three ladies for APQS and that's their service team for pretty much the world of APQS. It's quite impressive what they do. All the calls go through them. They're very, very smart with those machines. I mean, you you think some noise is off and you let them hear it and they know exactly what it is. Wow. And Um, and there's your surprise. There's your surprise, Craig. Ladies are the maintenance repair for the machine. (laughs) And they are fantastic. They are beyond nice. I mean, as patient as can be. I had to work on Kathy's machine once again before I had gone to training for those machines. And I called them at five o'clock at night. I'm sure they're ready to go home. But Angie stayed on the phone with me at least till six, trying to walk me through how to do this repair. I would have got it done, but I needed a correct screwdriver. So I said, I'll call you back in the morning if I can't get it figured (laughs) out. But I was able to get it figured out. I mean, they they do everything. They they will stay on the phone and walk you through it. They will send you manuals with instructions, with pictures. I mean, they will do everything in their effort to try and get you up and running again. Well, that's great to have someone like that in your corner because a lot of cases you get the opposite. Yeah. They either don't know or won't spend time with you. So that's awesome. Yeah, most service calls tend to... They try to be on the quicker side, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they're fantastic. So kind of our our last question here, last main question, if you guys could get in a time machine and go back to when you started the business, what is one piece of advice you'd give your past self? Not try to start it during a government shutdown. (laughs) (laughs) I would just probably, I mean, to start over. I think we were told that actually by our, um, and, and I actually want to give credit to Joe Kenny here that sat down with us and really helped us at 316 Market. He was really, he really, I think, prepared us super well. So we, I think for one thing, Jake and I, we've surrounded ourselves by knowing where our weaknesses and our strengths are and willing to listen to other people. And one of them is Joe Kenny at 316. And he sat us down and gave us this talk, like there are going to be highs and there's going to be lows and there's going to be this and there's going to be that. And when we did our grand reopening in April, he sat us down and said, I want you to, he actually took us outside in the middle of it. And he goes, I want you to look at this and I want you to soak it in. Cause he knows, he goes, this is a once in a lifetime kind of thing. You need to remember this. So he's been really good at like, you need to be ready for low times. You need to be this. You need to send some stuff out there for us. So that's been phenomenal having him having him there to help us as well. Yeah, Joe's a great guy. He's our marketing guy. He'd be the one that told us about ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he thinks outside the box and gets you thinking about things differently, which is good. So you don't get stuck in a rut. But that was 
like Kathy said at the grand reopening, that was really cool when he did. He pulled us away from the madness in the store, took us outside, and it was really cool to see the line of people, like how many people came to this thing. It was humbling, I guess. That's my biggest moment. Step back. It's kind of an out-of-body experience rather than being in the thick of it. Yeah. That whole week leading up to it, we shut the store down and we totally remodeled. We worked our rear ends off getting that store remodeled to the point that Jake and my husband were there till five in the morning, came back at eight in the morning, and we were still cleaning for the event at four in the evening. Mm. On the way home, I, I couldn't, it was like this, this, that emotion of seeing everything like that, all those people there. That's when it became real that we were the, mm-hmm. this is fabric fashion. I just, I cried this great gratitude of tears of, you know, I was humbled. I was overwhelmed with joy. I was overwhelmed with happiness. Like all the way home, I was just, I'm, and the tears were literally, I couldn't just stop them. Yeah, it was, that's awesome. It was pretty awesome. So before we started, you said that uh, you had an offer for our, our listeners. Do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, we said 15% off Fabric and Notions. If you mention FB Podcast. Huh? Yep, FB Podcast, I think yeah, you said. Yeah, FB Podcast. So 15% off Fabric and Notions um, till the 15th of July. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for doing that. Where can our listeners find out more about your business online? So we're at fabricbash.com. We have Fabric Bash Facebook, Fabric Bash Instagram. I'm trying. <laughs> I do have a Twitter. I'm half hours in the day. I do have a Twitter. <laughs> I don't do Twitter because it's not quite that group right now. We, If you go onto our webpage, we have a sign up for a newsletter. Once again, I try. <laughs> so it, we're come in, stop in at 11019 I Street. We're right off of the freeway, the 680 I-80, that change change there. We'd love to have people come in and just look around. Like I said, we're all that good stuff. I hope that covers it. Yeah, it sounds like it. You guys have a Pinterest page? Yeah, I'm working on that too. Pinterest too? Yeah. yeah. At, we've got an Etsy. We, yeah. And we're on Etsy. Yep, we're just really starting to grow more on Etsy. And that's another thing that started this all too, is my daughter that's married to Jake was doing innovation campus in Lincoln and was doing the laser cutter and doing some fun things with the laser cutter. So we now have a laser cutter. So we're not only just fabric and machines. We also have this laser cutter so we can do fun stuff that way. All around crafting there. Well, we try. Yeah. What are the store (laughs) hours? So Monday through Wednesday would be nine to five, Thursday, nine to six, and then Friday and Saturday from nine to four. Closed on Sunday, I take it? Closed Sunday. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you guys both for being on the, the show with me. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks, well, to thanks you for having us. us. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It was great to talk to Kathy and Jacob today, and I think there were some good takeaways from our chat. There's no way that Kathy and Jacob could have predicted that their business would have been impacted in a positive way by the pandemic. In March, when everything started to shut down, they planned for the worst case and scenario. They stopped pulling a salary from the business, talked to their employee to make sure that they would be okay for a while, and started revising their goals, with the main goal of paying their bills and staying in business. The key here is they faced the situation head-on. They had tough conversations and made tough choices to keep the business moving forward. If you're a small business owner or looking to start a business, join the Small Business School Facebook group. 
It's a private community of people focused on helping each other grow their businesses. Join the community and let's help each other take our businesses to the next level. We'll see you there. If you'd like to learn more about our guest today or be a future guest on the Small Business School, go to craigsdaily.com slash podcast for more info. And of course, it would mean the world to me if you'd click subscribe or write a review for the Small Business School in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.